What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BTR Podcast. Before we get started, please like, comment, and subscribe. As always, make sure you guys follow our socials. Link down below. Make sure you guys also download the podcast on audio platforms if you prefer it that way. Rate it and review it as well. Before we continue, uh, a big podcast episode with a guest dropping this weekend. So make sure you guys check that out. Most likely on Saturday night. I'm hoping everything goes well with the upload. And yeah, without further ado, we've got a lot to talk about once again. We'll start off. With the NFL, the playoffs are here. Let's get our predictions rolling. But we got a lot of coaching uh, uh, coaching firings and news as well, so stay tuned for that. But let's start off with the predictions. Wildcard weekend. Wildcard weekend is this weekend. And uh, six games, six games to predict here. And we'll give a little mini preview as well of what we expect as well. What's your game of the week? Is it the Lions-Rams because of the storyline? Or yeah. is it eagles Sorry, not Eagles. Chiefs, Dolphins. I'm, I'll go with the Lions, Rams. Because I feel like I'm more 50-50 on that game. Whereas the Chiefs, Dolphins, I feel like I could pick a clear winner. Actually? <laughs> yeah. Compared I to feel the, like com- they're both 50-50s tall. Comparing to, I'm talking about like comparing Even games. comparing the two, I still think it's like... I, I don't think know. the Rams and Rams and Lions are tougher to pick. So you want to start off with that? Or do you want to just go in the order of Let's the game Let's go in order. Times? Let's go in order of game times. Starting off with a tough one as well. Browns, Texans, kickoff here, wildcard weekend, Saturday. Oh, be- uh, before we continue, sorry, I dropped um, YouTube community polls of each wildcard uh, matchup, two a day. So, for example, Wednesday, we released two of them. Texans and Browns are one of them. So, go vote on our community po- um, tab on our channel. Uh, yeah, so just vote for who you think is going to win. It's just a simple question, who's going to win the, that matchup? Just click, click a button. Yeah, and we'll uh, share our prediction. As, as well. well, our predictions will be right now. Browns, Texans. So, preview first, then we'll go to the prediction. Yeah, preview. Um, this time it's in Houston. I talk about Houston coming off a game in Indianapolis. And now they're coming into a playoff atmosphere in Houston after winning the division, after the Jags collapse. The Browns-Texans was a lopsided game earlier this year. Uh, but that game did not have the main man, CJ Stroud, in it. So, it is going to be a completely different game. That is for sure. But the Houston Texans do have injuries, and we don't know if they're going to be fully healthy for game time. Obviously, Will Anderson Jr. is one of them. Jonathan Grenard, Jerry Hughes. On the offensive side, you have Robert Woods, which is another key weapon after Nico Collins, who has performed amazing this year, especially coming off a 190 um, receiving yard performance against the Colts. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tight. That is for sure. It's not going to be that week, whatever it was, where the Browns kicked their ass. Yeah, no. What I want to say about this game is Houston is now home, like you mentioned. And uh, the big question is, can the young guys, the more inexperienced players, you know, play? Like, uh, be are they going to be nervous? Are they, are they going to be ready for this moment? The good news is they have Robert Woods. They got Dalton Schultz, two guys. Um, Laramie Tunsil's been there, right, in the playoffs at least before so they have guys that will show or share with them and they have the main guy D'Amico Ryans right with San Francisco so he knows what a winning culture and all that is he established that well with Houston as we mentioned and um, so what I'm looking for is can CJ Stroud continue doing this and he, he has not given me a reason not to like we mentioned Indy he goes into that hostile environment and took control of the game um, was the obviously the guy who had the last drive pretty much win the game for him and then on top of that you got um, what would you call it? Why am I blanking? Nico. No, not Nico. Even. Yeah, oh, sorry. I was still sticking with CJ. He had that Georgia uh, performance. 
uh, when he played for Ohio State. And that, uh, it was, if it wasn't for Marvin Harrison Jr., they probably could have won it all, for all we know, right? And um, so he, he's had the moments, he has the confidence, he has the swagger to lead, the, um, to lead a team. I wouldn't even consider this an upset if, if Houston loses this game, right? I know the experience may favor Cleveland a little bit more. Because Joe Flacco is also there and Cle- he's balling. Cleveland is the favorite. No, they are the favorite, but I'm yeah. just saying like I don't, I wouldn't consider it like you know how we do upset alerts. Yeah, like I wouldn't consider this an upset alert. But I think Houston on the roll, on a roll. CJ, whenever he's played, is on a roll. I don't think he's really had any bad moments except for maybe one game this past year. And uh, yeah, I don't know. On top of that, I think D'Amico will have him well prepared. They're all playing. They're also going in that underdog they are going into that underdog mentality us against the world which fair because no one thought they were going to be at this spot let alone you know we said it let alone a playoff spot they won the division right yeah so so that being said that's what i'm looking from on the houston side of things cleveland is okay let's see what their defense is is joe flacco let's see what their is defense. joe flacco and amari cooper their defense their defense is elite yeah we don't even see that we know that is the question is is joe flacco and uh, Amari Cooper going to be one of the best duos like they have been and with David Njoku as a, the other option as well. Because uh, on one side, you have the def- uh, the quarterback playing CJ Stroud, which will help you win a Super Bowl. Cleveland's defense can help you win a Super Bowl with regular, even if Joe Flacco isn't like how he was in the regular season. Because we saw Jimmy Garoppolo go all the way to the Super Bowl. We've seen Jared Goff go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, did they win? Pro- no, they didn't. But we saw Nick Foles win it as well with okay. good coaching yeah, and all no, that stuff. Yeah, think on the Cleveland side here. The defense is what kept them together all year. There's no question about that. They had, like, coming into the season, they were a sneaky contender. You could agree with that. On paper, their team was pretty good. Yeah. But Nick Chubb goes down. Deshaun Watson isn't performing like how he once was. And then goes down. And then goes down, right? So there was question. Obviously, they won games with P.J. Walker. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was not the answer as well. P.J. Walker was still a question mark wins, too. It wasn't yeah, like they were close. PJ. They were tight, right? Like, yeah. uh, I think the one against Colts and the Niners were questionable refereeing as well Joe Flacco comes in and this offense just starts clicking right we've seen Amari Cooper get involved right Amari Cooper had a franchise record setting day against the Houston Texans so yes CJ Stroud did not play that game but Amari Cooper is not facing CJ Stroud Amari Cooper is facing that secondary right so offensively I'm confident in Cleveland Browns putting up the same performance again against that defense the issue is this defense will be way more tested because there's no Case Keeman and uh, Davis Mills duo coming in. It's CJ Stroud. So the biggest key to this game is getting to the quarterback because quarterbacks like CJ Stroud, who are kind of like Joe Burrow, right, who kind of like, they are pocket passers. Like, they will pick you apart. They are accurate, right? And uh, if you give him time, which he had in a lot in the Indianapolis game, he picked us apart. And doesn't matter what defense you have, how good you are, he can pick you apart, especially with the way that Nico Collins is playing and him getting opened up. The main thing is Miles Garrett needs to be the best player in this game. If he is, the Cleveland Browns will win, and that's what I'm anticipating. CJ Stroud, um, like you said, he'll put the ball in the right spot. Like when he was pressured, he, he and, still did it. And yeah. You had Nico Collins make a play for him as well, but he put it at the spot, right? So that being said, let's go with the prediction because we've got another game, six, five other games to talk about. I ultimately, like I said, I voted on the community poll as well with my personal account. I went with the Houston Texans winning. 
uh, home field is a factor. I just feel like that mentality they have, D'Amico has set them up with. Yes, the injuries, I want. I need to see how healthy they're going to be. But at the same time, I still, I have more trust in CJ Stroud. Right, I have more faith in CJ Stroud against that defense, personally. Um, and then I feel like the defense can hold their own on Joe Flacco. Again, assuming they fix, D'Amico will fix things, and I have faith in that. Right, I, I don't, I'm not saying D'Amico's a better coach than Stefanski or that whatever the whole group is, but Bobby Slowick is a good offensive mind. He'll get the plays going right away. Um, get CJ, get uh, Dalton and all these guys, uh, Nico Collins, and Damian Pierce, whoever else is running the ball for them. And yeah, I think D'Amico on the defensive side, like I said, we've seen him do it with San Francisco. So I, I have, I don't have it, no other questions about it. I think it's a close game. I think it's like a three point game. Yeah, uh, but it is a, it is hard to beat a team twice. I will say that much. I'm okay. Here's the thing, I like Cleveland's defense better than Houston's defense. All right, I agree with as that much. Too. And and it's it's by like a tier and a half. They're above. Okay, coaching is similar. They both are head coaching candidates. Um. They're both not head coaching. Coach. They're coach of the year candidates, right? Quarterback probably the top two. Yeah, quarterback wise, I have to respect what Flacco has done. Yeah, no, for sure. But I agree with you. I give the edge to CJ Stroud. But in this case, everything's devil for me. Experience takes it over. Flacco is a Super Bowl MVP. Flacco has a has a ten and five playoff record, right? The Cleveland Browns in the twenty twenty season, most of their players upset the Pittsburgh Steelers and lost to the Chiefs by five in the divisional round. So for that reason, I am going with the Cleveland Browns to win this game. I believe Flacco is going to perform well. I think Omari Cooper is going to have another good game, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a thing where like I think CJ Stroud and the Texans will have the ball at the end to tie the game, and that is where Miles Garrett or Zadarius Smith come up with the clutch sack that you always need to win the game in a playoff game, especially. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen, and I think. Cleveland Browns take this by a touchdown score. Yeah, no, I, I I'm kind of rooting for a bigger underdog story here. Um, by the way, we should we will be dropping a special video regarding underdogs in the playoffs, so make sure you guys check that out coming out this week as well. But yeah, um, ultimately, I think you weighed the Cleveland defense more than the quarterback. I weighed the experience more. Yeah, plus the defense as well. The, exp- the defense and the quarterback for me is like evened it out. Like I gave the edge to CJ, but I'm giving the edge to. Oh, Cleveland's okay. defense. Yeah, no, I, I'm weighing the CJ uh, factor a little I, bit. That's fair. It's QB. I mean, I think he's top three MVP candidate this year. All fair. Done. That's fair. Um, you could argue offensive rookie of the year because there's obviously different argument with that one. But yeah, he probably Puka's will in the conversation. But yeah. uh, let's move on to the next game, a big one. Saturday night, 5 p.m. Dolphins, Chiefs. Tyreek Hill's return to Arrowhead, and uh, yeah, Dolphins, Chiefs. They both had their good moments and bad moments. Obviously, the Dolphins had way more good moments than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs were more of like a level team where like they were more consistent, in my opinion. The Dolphins beat up on the bad teams. The Chiefs just could not get their offense going, but the difference this year is the defense is bailing them out other than years prior with the offense bailing out the defense. So it's going to be it's a close one. Don't get me wrong. But with the Dolphins' record against good teams, it's for me, is kind of leaning one way. But yeah, let's talk about the game quickly first. It's going to come down to can Travis Kelsey and Mahomes find your connection? I don't give a shit what other receivers are doing. Right? They're sh- dropping balls. They're doing this, doing that. The Mahomes and Kelsey connection has not been the same this year. Yeah, no, for sure. All right? And if that's not the same, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, 
Kadarius Tony, Valdez Scantling, you don't have much of a chance, right? Like, it has to go through Kelsey and Mahomes. And that has, connection has not been the same. But the good news for Chiefs fans is they're clutch. They always come up in big moments. And uh, what's, what's a bigger moment than an Arrowhead game ruining Tyreek Hill's return in a playoff atmosphere? For me, okay, so I do partially agree with that. The reason why I slightly disagree is I get what you're saying. You need to figure out that thing. My point, counterpoint to that is if you're going to take away your best weapon, which is Ty- Travis Kelsey, Marv- Marcus Waldo-Scantling, Rashid Rice, right? That's what it is? He's been good. Rashid Rice has been and pretty then, good. Yeah, Rashid Rice. I'm mixing the guy up from uh, New Orleans. That's why. Um, that's Rashid Shahid. <laughs> yeah, so it's like similar names. Yeah. Uh, R- Rice and then uh, Kadirius Tony. They need to step up, right? I've, I I have faith in um, Isaiah Pacheco or whoever else is running. Oh, running game is running fine. Running game yeah. is fine. The reason why I'm saying that if the... Dolph, Vic Fanger is a smart defensive guy. He's going to find a way to stop Travis Kelsey. The way... It's like the run game. If you have a run game going, you'll open up more of the field. It's like if you have shooters in basketball, you're going to find you're gonna find more lanes to the basket. If one of those wide receivers can get going and spread the ball around and they make plays consistently from the get-go, Travis Kelsey will get more open. True, that's true. Right? Travis Kelsey then will, on a one-on-one situation, will probably, then I agree with you, he better make those plays on a one-on-one situation. I know he's had a few drops, I get that, but for the most part, it's because everything's on his shoulders from whatever Mahomes is throwing. Yeah, right? My, ca- my so counterpoint. Th- so that's, yeah. that, that's why I slightly, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah the I get you, I get you. I but they you. have to figure out a way to get the others rolling and the other guys need to make play f- to help Travis Kelsey open the uh, ball a little bit more. This is another game where it's a rematch from a regular season game. Yeah. In that game, we saw the Miami Dolphins shut down Travis Kelsey. The difference this game is Bradley Chubb is not there. Jalen Phillips is not there. Xavier Howard might not be there. Yeah. Right? Two of your top pass rushers are not going to be in this game, meaning Mahomes with that good O-line or decently... The O-line kind of underperformed this year. Yeah, but bit. like on paper... But to your point, they paper, should be better now yeah. with those injuries. With those injuries, you're giving Mahomes time, Yeah. right? And obviously, because of that, Travis Kelsey and Mahomes' connection works best when Mahomes is scrambling around the pocket, buying time. And Kelsey is like, he's not running his route. He's just like, okay, I don't give a shit about my route. I just need to get away... To get open to help my quarterback, that is when they're like at, that, play that, that is when they're back. at their best. Kind of like that play that got called back. Remember that? Yeah, night? and against the Buffalo Bills, Kadarius Tony was offside. Yeah, and then got the touchdown, but mm. called back. Yeah, so that's yeah. the Chiefs' offense versus the Dolphins' defense. Who Dolphins' defense is pretty beat up. So Vic Fangio has to put up a masterclass. But let's flip on the other side of the ball: the Dolphins' offense versus the Chiefs' defense. What's Jalen Waddle's status? Again, it was questionable. <laughs> Um, like all these players, they're all questionable. At the end of the day, Spags, all, Spags obviously knows Tyreek Hill. Spags, will, Spagnola will find a way to um, limit Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he'll shut him out. I don't think we're going to know any injuries until like game time, bro. Like, Unless no. something's already there. Right? Yeah, he's questionable. Yeah, yeah, they're all like... But then again, we saw, because uh, he's a speedster as well, his ankle's going to take an account of his speed. Oh yeah, right? 100%. Right? We saw Will Anderson not play the whole game against the Colts because of his uh, ankle injury. In this case, yeah, let's see what um what happens because... The meme is Tua is just going to find a slant to Tyreek Hill all day, every day, or just Tyreek Hill beat a route and he'll just get there. Like you said, the Chiefs' defense is now the bailing out of the offense. Usually it's the other way around. And in this case, Steve Spagnuolo knows what to do. They have a good secondary that performed well. They obviously have a good pass rushing. Uh, They have good overall defense. uh, Chris Jones, George Karloftis, and all these guys there. Willie Gay Jr. is their linebacker. So... 
defensively, I have more faith in them stopping their that offense because I think, and we don't even know what Mostert's health is going to be. Our chain is going questionable. Our chain is doing good. Don't get me wrong. So, but like you said, are those are those guys going to fold in the big moment? And guess what? They're also away. Right, they're playing at Arrowhead. The thing is this: they've been folding in good, mo- big moments all year long. Yeah, and uh, apart from the Cowboys game, but realistically, awake an away Cowboys game is kind of like beating up on a a bad team. The good news is you have Tyreek Hill, and you kind of have an inside mole. <laughs> but obviously, the Chiefs know that they're gonna switch things up. Obviously, but yeah. So it, it the thing was this, right? Like Tua is obviously best when he is, I know, standing still in the pocket, like not really scrambling. Whereas like Mahomes is, I believe, better. Obviously, I'm not saying Mahomes is bad when he's like in the pocket. But like, I think Mahomes is better when he's scrambling and making plays like that. Tua, I don't think is good at that. Tua needs to like get rid of the ball quick. He needs this run game to be going. Yeah. Chiefs defense is no joke, right? Especially with Chris Jones, you know, leading that line. If this run game doesn't get going... They can't open up the field for Tyreek. If they can't open up the field for Tyreek, they can't get anything going. Because at the end of the day, you have to get the ball to Tyreek in many ways. And uh, it, it has shown, proven over and over again, the Dolphins have came... They're not, they're not even close. They've been getting like destroyed in these big games. And Mike McDaniel has been getting outcoached in these big games. So and it's, it's going to be it's gonna come down to both their offensive performance and Mike McDaniel's play calling. So going to the prediction, you pretty much nailed it on the head. They're frauds to me. They haven't shown me one quality win. And by quality, like we said, a big team win. Um, oh, well, given the Cowboys, they have one. Yeah, okay, fine. But like it wasn't like a dominant performance either. They're away. They're going to Arrowhead. It's going to be one of the coldest games of the year. Miami. It's hot. It's hot, <laughs> <laughs> literally. So they're going. it's supposed to be like zero degrees Fahrenheit or like in the negative two Fahrenheit, which is supposed to be record-breaking, NFL record-breaking coldest game of the year. And for that, it's one factor. We all know the Chiefs' uh, home um, home field advantage there in the stadium, the loud, uh, the loudness and everything like that. And throw in Patrick Mahomes, who is performs well in the playoffs, usually pretty much always. Tyreek or uh, Travis Kelsey, same thing. And then that defense is not the same defense from a couple of years ago. That this defense is the reason why they're in the playoffs mainly right now and a division winner. Um, give me the Chiefs. Give me them by a touchdown or two. I don't know. Yeah. The, the Dolphins choked their give, chance away. And give I, me I'm the not Chiefs. confident in the Dolphins. Give, give me the Chiefs. If the Dolphins, however, win this game some way, somehow, then I could see this team again to run. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, they got to gotta win. Yeah. Give me the Chiefs. They got to win a play. Uh, they got to win a big. They got to win a big game, which they haven't done all year. And uh, the Chiefs have beaten some big Don't get teams. me wrong. The Chiefs haven't won. Spectacularly all year, either. Yeah, they're not the same Chiefs. But I have the home field is also a big factor. I have more faith in the Chiefs than I do with um, the Dolphins. All right, moving on. Bills, Steelers. This is probably going to be one of the easier picks yeah, of the I mean, weekend. Let's just g- t- quickly talk about it. TJ yeah, quickly. That, that's a big that. factor. Mason Rudolph's your starter. And no, 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 not going to make us Mason Rudolph. He has been your best quarterback this year. And uh, at the end of the day, we got to give him credit, like how we gave it to Flacco. Right, like they, these, this guy came in, you know, saved the Steelers' season, performed well, and uh, is the is one of the reasons why they've been killing it this last couple of weeks. So, at the end of the day, we gotta give him his credit. He could still perform well. The Bills are known to play to their opponent's level. Obviously, when it's the big games, like 
the Eagles, the Chiefs, um, the Dolphins, they play good. But one is like the Jets, they lose. This year, yeah, but we also seen them what they did to the New England Patriots a couple of years ago and shutting them out. <laughs> Remember, like that was the same yeah. question mark then. But yeah. No, so the difference uh, here, the difference here is the Bills are also on a five or what is it, five or six game win streak. Five yeah, five game, game win streak coming yeah. into the playoffs. They're one of the hottest teams. It's as simple as this: the Steelers, the Steelers' only chance is like is they turn over Josh Allen more than like twice. Like I still think the Bills could win this game if Josh Allen throws two interceptions. Salty, right? Or I don't know, man. At this rate, like, all truck is is so far is heavily favored for the Bills that yeah, it should be yeah. Like the Steelers barely made. the I playoffs. think Minka is healthy. Okay, but either way, T- you're arguably defensive player of the year again. TJ Watts injured, right? How are you? Else, are you gonna win? JJ Watts questioning. <laughs> JJ Watts saying, "I'm gonna do some WWE shit. I'll I'll sub in for him and play yeah. uh, on the McAfee show today." But yeah, yeah no, as simple there. as this. For the Bills, defense, obviously, just find a way to get to Mason Rudolph, make him rush, and then offensively, just don't turn over the ball and uh, lean on your run game and uh, find a way to get Diggs involved again. And it's it's a simple game plan for the Bills, right? And, uh, yeah, I'm picking the Bills. Yeah, I'm picking the Bills. It's easy pick. I don't know, multiple scores. Josh Allen will probably still throw a pick, <laughs> but... He's on a streak. Definitely on a streak. The streak is still continuing, but at the same time, we, we could see him bounce back. They're a home... They're coming off a high with a big win, uh, and they're home, so there's that factor as well. So yeah, this, is, this we're not gonna spend too much time on it. Bills, uh, with, uh, move on to the next round. Another, in my opinion, should be an easy prediction, but at the end of the day, they are the Cowboys. Cowboys Packers, uh, the two seed versus the seven seed in the NFC. Mike McCarthy's uh, revenge game against the Green Bay Packers is upcoming. This game's a second game on Sunday. Uh, Cowboys. In my personal opinion, this is the best Cowboys we've seen in the yeah. recent years. Um, Dak has looked very like good. Um, obviously, C.D. Lamb is career year for him, and uh, defensively, we already been saying the last couple of years, led by Micah Parsons and Dan Quinn, they have been killer. If the Cowboys, this is what I want to say about the Cowboys, if the Cowboys do not do it this year, this is the best chance, and I agree with you. They're probably losing Dan Quinn. With the when we get to the coaching hirings in a second or firings or let goes of the second because Seattle's coach is vacant. Seattle has a coaching vacancy. Dan Quinn was the coach, um, defensive coordinator during their Super Bowl win, the Super Bowl finals loss, uh, with that Legion of Boom. To me, it'll be no surprise if he goes back home, and I anticipate that we'll talk about predictions about that in a second. So you're gonna have you potentially will lose him. So that's one key factor there, and currently. The only team you need to worry about in that conference is the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. So, nothing short of an NFC Championship game is a massive disappointment. Don't get me wrong. No discredit to... uh, I mean, I'm going to give credit to Green Bay the Packers because they've been killing it. For the last couple of weeks, Jordan Love looks good. But again, this Dallas team is on a different level and I I understand what happens in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Because who's their second-round matchup if they win this? Most likely, in your opinion, like the three seed, so it could be the Lions or the Rams, not the Rams. The Rams will probably go. Oh, if the Rams win, they'll be going. The Rams will go to 49ers. 49ers. Um, so it could be the Eagles, Eagles. it could be the Bucks, it could be the Lions. You're by far the better team outside of the Niners. And if there's no excuse for you not to at least, you know, Super Bowl or bust for sure, because next year I will not be surprised. The Eagles are going to be better, in my opinion. Next year, I feel like the Eagles will figure shit out. 
Um, this year, as of right now, we don't we haven't seen the first games. The Eagles are horrendous. They're worse than what we said about the Dolphins right now. Yeah. Right. So there's zero excuses. Give me Dallas with a win. I'm gonna just say that right now, and I'm sure you're saying the same thing. Yes. But can Green Bay figure out a way to win? Yeah, simple. It, Green Bay do have a chance. Here's, yeah, I'm not saying they here don't. is Green Bay's chance. First of all, whoever is questionable, pray that they're Healthy. playing. Yeah. Christian Watson, Romy Dobbs, Jair Alexander, um, Elton Jenkins, their old lineman. So that's number one. Number two, if they are healthy, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good matchup. Um, keeping Love upright is gonna be key, and uh, especially with Gilmore also being questionable as well. They can do something in this passing game. Obviously, they got Aaron Jones back as so let's see if they could do run game. But I think I think this is gonna their run defense hasn't been it's probably their weakness. Like they don't have the weakness, but if I were to pick something like really Nick pick the uh, the Cowboys defense is a run. And uh they're gonna need Elton Jenkins and uh Aaron Jones, right, to play well in order in order to open up this passing game. Defensively, right? then you just need to figure out to get to the QB. But Dak under duress, Dak will make a mistake. That is true. That's the one way they will win. If Dak has time, Dak will pick you apart with the way CD Lamb's been playing this so year. So use your run game to help you pass. Yeah. Right. And I'm I know I've been saying this for a lot of like couple other teams as well, but this one especially just because we know how elite the Cowboys defense is, and like you, I'm going with the Cowboys, and with a big win here. And if they don't win, it'll probably be the most disappointing loss in the last them, in recent yeah. memory. Yeah. Like. I would consider this okay, more Okay, if they were to lose, predict how they would lose. We saw last year what happened with that play call. Nothing. I feel like it might be just Mike, Mike McCarthy bad, bad, uh, bad time management type thing. Okay. But yeah, next game. The big game. Sunday nighter. Rams-Lions. Rams on a heater. Next to the Bills are one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs. Detroit Lions are coming off a high, uh, especially when they finally clinched the division after 30 years and are in the playoff spot. The big storyline coming to this game is Stafford and Goff are facing their former teams. And Stafford's homecoming because this game's at Ford Field in Detroit. The thing here is how are the Lions defense going to hold up against Puka Nakua, Tyler Higby, Cooper Cup, and obviously Matthew Stafford running, Kyron Williams. running the show with Kyron Williams as well. Yeah. Um, that is my biggest this, question. If I'm there. the Detroit Lions, congratulations, you made it worst possible matchup you could get in the first round. Yes. For me. You got Matthew Stafford coming home for the first time. And obviously, he's helped you make the playoffs twice. But at the same time, you haven't helped him much. He want, he might want to look for a vengeance. Because literally, what? This is his third year. So three years and two years into it, you took a good direction. Just missed the playoffs last year. And in the third year, you won the division. Right? Now, granted, you did that because Aaron Rodgers is out of the division as well. All that helps. And then I mean, they were ahead of they beat Aaron Rodgers last year, anyways. Last year in general, but I'm saying oh, before uh, that helps. And uh, I've talked that one year when the Rams won it, but it's a tough one. And I I have my pick. I I'll, I'll wait to say it. I think the way the Rams win is just their experience alone will just help that. Um, how are the the uh, the sorry. The defense has been kind of been up and down for Detroit over the year, right? Over the season. Like, they they started off decent, then they kind of went downhill for a bit. Remember that little stretch where, like, yeah, oh, yeah, here comes the normal Detroit Lions? And then even when they came back against Chicago, it was after that game. I think they lost one, and then they went off after around after Thanksgiving as well. That's when I'm like, okay, um, 
they might come along and they could win this game. And again, the, by no means, by whichever team loses, it's an upset. I think it's an even 50-50 pick, as similar to the Browns and the... Um, it's a minus three, so it's pretty close. Yeah, so it's similar to Browns and Texans, in my opinion. Detroit wins this game simply just being the more physical team. The Don Campbell style. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Rams, obviously, offense, Rams offense needs to be stellar in order for them to have a chance. The Lions offense needs to be stellar as well. The The Rams are 12th against the, in run defense, but they're 20th against the pass. And obviously, we all know the Rams' big playmakers on defense are on their D-line with uh, Kobe Turner, Byron Young, who stepped up, and then obviously Aaron Donald. So this is where Amon Ross St. Brown needs to be the Lions' best player in order for the Lions to, you know, win. But on the flip side, I am concerned for the Lions' defense, but we know their best. They have uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson back, yeah, obviously, which is, which is big. The other guy they need is Aiden Hutchinson because Stafford, like Stroud, like Jordan Love, if he's upright, he'll pick you apart. So... Rams, the Achilles heel of this Rams offense, which I was really concerned about, was this offensive line and how they're going to protect Stafford. If Aiden Hutchinson isn't Stafford's face, they have no chance. And for that reason, I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to play well. I think Omar St. Rams is going to play well. I think Jared Goff is going to have a turnover-free game. And I'm going with the Detroit Lions. I had Rams earlier on. I did switch it. But I'm going with the Detroit Aiden Lions. Aiden Hutchinson might go on that Michigan high. As well, when Michigan winning it all is a lot, his uh, yeah, alma yeah. mater, right? Okay, so my prediction I kind of alluded to it a little bit. I'm going with the Rams. I think this is the worst matchup Detroit could have in the first round out of almost any team because of Matthew Stafford coming home. For me, defensively, I trust Raheem Morris a little bit more than Aaron Glenn. I'm not saying that Aaron Glenn hasn't done a terrible job. Your point, he'll figure out ways to get to Stafford, especially how that O line, which did better than many people expected, right? Including yourself. Um, to keep Matthew Stafford healthy. Matthew Stafford's been there and done that. Jared Goff, even the Super Bowl run, wasn't, like, great, right? Jared Goff, this year, from one point we said, oh, this guy hasn't thrown picks, has thrown many picks, and is prone to uh, mistakes. Jared Goff isn't, like, that extreme confident quarterback in a big-time moment. Nothing's more big-time than Detroit coming Detroit's first playoff game in a while, first division win. First home playoff game in a while, right? First division win in, sorry, in 30 years. Give me the Rams strictly because the experience there. Sean McVay's play calling, well, as good as Ben Johnson is, I'm taking Sean McVay. Um, he, Cooper Cup will come back and be that safety blanket, but Pu- having Puka Nakua emerge like he did and that run game with Kyron Williams emerge like he did, it's going to hurt the Lions, in my opinion, way more. I trust that offense more than their offense, and I trust their def- uh, I trust their offense to be better than the Detroit defense and vice, and then how it, vice versa. Honestly, the way on paper is how this game's matched up. It should be more of an offensive shootout yeah. than it is a defensive showdown. Yeah. But so, you got that guy in Aaron Donald. So it might just come down to like who has the ball last if, if both offenses are cooking. And then defensively for me, you have Aaron Donald and we know how he could close the game down. We yeah. saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw him close the team down, but the same thing could be said for Aiden Hutchinson as well. <laughs> no, Aaron Donald. Huh? <laughs> I'm buddy. not saying they're the same level, but yeah. I'm saying they both have the ability. I know, but I'm saying... They both have the ability to finish no, I, the game. I, I agree with that. That's I'm what saying, I said. But Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, it's Aaron Donald. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're the same level. <laughs> but yeah, 
Um, last game, Eagles, Buccaneers. Oh, so just to make it clear, he picked the Lions and I picked the yeah. Rams. Eagles, Buccaneers, obviously, the Bucs were coming off a, a division win. Uh, it doesn't really count for anything because it is NFC South. Eagles are coming off a massive collapsing last five, six weeks um, ever since the loss to the 49ers where they lost to the Cardinals and the Giants. The Buccaneers, we'll start off here with first. They've been on a nice little run here up until week 17 where they got destroyed by the Saints and then barely beating the Panthers to get in. Baker Mayfield has looked good overall this year. Um, Obviously, incredible year for Mike Evans again. You have Chris Godwin. The thing here is, are they going to do it in the big game, right? And that is the biggest question for Baker is, can he carry the load? And that has been his biggest question all his whole career. He did that one year with the Cleveland where they made the playoffs and obviously upset the Steelers. And then on the flip side, the Eagles offense, I mean, Eagles defense, I mean, have not looked good at all. So it is a prime opportunity for Baker to cook. Eagles made this difficult <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like the way they've been playing, right? I mean, they should not even been in this position in the first place. I agree with you on the Tampa side of things because the Eagles don't even know who their defensive play caller is. And either way, Sean Desai struggled. And uh, if Matt Patricia is not in the New England system, he isn't that great either at the moment. To you, so you, to your point, Baker, who's going to really stop Mike Evans? Darius Slay has been up and down with injuries as well. I think he should be back for this game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Bradbury ain't. Bradbury, yeah, if he, if, good luck, because Bradbury's going to get cooked in, in coverage, right? And Mike Evans is motivated. He's on a contract year. You know, potentially future Colt like you're wearing. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. But I doubt it. Um, def- on the f- and then on the flip side, let's talk about the box of defense before we go to the Eagles because Antoine Winfield got snubbed. He's pissed, right? Like he snubbed from um from the Pro Bowl list. I don't know if he made All Pro or whatever the thing, or those rankings are. I forget at the top of my head, but not th- not important right now. And like I mentioned, the chi- the Eagles offense has been predictable. Brian Johnson, I believe is his name, who's calling it, or whoever yes, is calling Brian it. Johnson. Outside of the tush push, because they can't stop it, really. And A.J. Brown, we don't know what his status is. As well. As Devontae well. Smith as well. The thing here, the thing is this. The Eagles need to rely on Jalen Hurts here. And Jalen Hurts make big making throws. mistakes. And to make what? big throws. And you, you have Antoine Winfield. You know why the reason is? Buccaneers' run defense has been stellar in these last few years, and they've always been good. So, obviously, Vita Vea is the big reason there. So, the Eagles are really going to have to lean on that play action and the passing game. As So, they're going to need A.J. Brown. Um, they're going to need Devontae Smith healthy for that. Obviously, O-line-wise, I believe they'll be able to protect Hurts. Hurts could scramble around by time as well. We know he could do that. The issue is, are they going to be predictable or not? And they have been a lot of this year. Another thing is, the Eagles did beat the Buccaneers in Tampa. In that week was way three, early on the season, though. yeah, but it was kind of the similar Eagles, right? It's like I don't think true, uh, and I get we that. had question marks for that team and that beat the Buccaneers, and uh, then again, I think it's still the same Buck Bucks team. Yes, the Eagles are on a low, like an all-time low right now, but this is the best matchup you could have gotten for your wild card game, and this could be the best matchup to get yourself back on the high and set yourself up for a potential Super Bowl run. But this right now is going to be a tough game. You made it a tough decision. Yeah. But I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles as well. It's tough. I, I really don't want to. I will not be surprised if the Bucks win this game. Grand, like Literally, we just saw Arizona beat the Eagles. 
We right. saw the Giants do it. We saw the Giants do it. So, yeah, I know I'll go with the Eagles. Um, I guess the caveat is AJ Brown. If AJ Brown's not healthy, then I'm going with the Bucks. I have to, unfortunately. But I'm assume this is based. This prediction is based on AJ Brown is playing, even though he might be hobbled. So with that being said, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Eagles. This might be the game that could turn it around and make maybe go on a run. But I said that when they finally won a game before and the, during this stretch of losing, and this did not <laughs> essentially, right? So yeah, I'll give Eagles the benefit of the doubt just because I I don't trust Tampa that much either. A lot of rematches, right? Like yeah. a lot of teams playing each other yeah, again. Yeah, I, I just don't trust Tampa in that this, much in this so. postseason. You got the one sec. You got obviously. Where did it go? I'm sorry. Um, Chiefs Dolphins playing each other again for the second time this year. Browns Texans are playing each other again. Um, and then the Eagles Bucks are playing each other again. And then you got storylines in general. And <laughs> like then you got storylines galore everywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are our predictions. Comment yours down below. Like I said, go check out the YouTube community post. They all should be out by Friday. Total everything. So this. So we already have two. By the time this comes out, three, four of them should be out already. Three to four of them should be out. So go vote down there. We want to see what you guys think. And yeah, we're gonna move on to. Before we move on to the coaching, let's talk. I'm, I want to quickly bring the free agency thing up, just to see, just to show a list of names because some teams, some fans are on offseason mode, and some, you know, uh, shout out to this one guy who put out a list. Um. So Mike Clay on Twitter at Mike Clay NFL put a sneak peek at the 2024 free agency cheat sheet. So these are the people that are um, on free agents. So people that are looking at the QB market, I'm not going to name all of them. You guys could Google it yourselves. But the names and the QB market, Kirk Cousins, we don't know what his status is going to be. Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco. Now you got to mention his name. I think he's signed, is not? No, just for the year. Oh, okay. I thought he he's was a free agent. <laughs> like he just signed for the year. Okay, I thought he was able. No, he made it, he just made his contract um, okay, yeah, yeah. guaranteed and uh, prof- a pro contract yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously Ryan Tannehill. Those are the names I'm looking out for. But the teams that want to make a run in the playoffs, not a good way. You have to either look at the trade market or find uh, to draft one. Yeah, hundred percent there. Tight end, the best one here is uh well not the best one. I'll say a couple: Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry. Noah Fant, Gerald Everett, and Mike Gesicki. All decent tight ends. They're even honestly not there's de- more. They're a lot of decent, like Austin Hooper, Irv Smith Jr. The Austin Hoopers, yeah, they're they're beyond their time. A lot of a lot of these guys are old. Beyond their time, yeah. Right, like, like, these are bi- these are big names like two years ago. So this decision could make the Chargers easier depending on if they take Brock Bowers or not. Gerald Everett will find a new team who's pretty decent. Wide so receiver wise, we have there's a couple, lot. There's a couple good ones. But now I expect some of them to stay. But T Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr. Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis, uh, Michael Thomas. I don't know why it says Michael A. Thomas. OBJ. I didn't know he signed one year. He signed one year, yeah. Um, yeah, so those are the big Tyler Boyd. I guess I got to throw him Tyler out Tyler Boyd's there. a decent Darnell yeah. Mooney. It's okay. But yeah, that's it really for wide receivers. Nothing else good as well. Um, and then uh, running back-wise, Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift. Hey, man, there's running backs. No one's going to really sign these guys anyways. But there's a lot of good I names. Know, but they are good names. Zach Moss. Oh, yeah. He definitely and then kicker-wise, the best kicker is uh, Nick Folk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is Old boy Nick Folk. Greg Zerline, Chase McLaughlin. So, yeah. So, th- those are the, some of the sneak peeks. So, those of you that are looking to see, um, you guys could, you know, look at some NFL mock drafts in the meantime if your team is eliminated at this point. So, but let's get to the actual news, the big, big news of the day that kind of carried. Let's start off with the older one that happened a couple of days ago. 
surprise like we had two surprise well two surprise moves yes. number one the older news mike vrabel fired by the tennessee titans uh, that is that i if i yeah sir the fired part is surprising me yeah okay the thing here with this right like we obviously we've seen a couple reports where like the titans can part ways with yeah mike vrabel and uh that's why i'm not like completely like shocked but I am surprised because I still think Mike Rabel did a good job with the Titans from taking him to really bad to a decent playoff contender. Obviously, not much playoff success. But Mike Rabel is a good coach. He should be one of the top candidates available for any other open openings, which they are like other another set, six more just because Titans are not only the Titans. So, yeah, I know. I, I was a little bit surprised. That's for sure. Yeah, um... I would have given him at least two more years, one depending on how next. Probably year one, one, one for sure. But here's the thing: he does not have a great roster around to play with either. Not really. Like, like, the, the, like he, the quarterback was. He got Tannehill playing. Well, not him, but like I guess Arthur Smith for a little. Like Tannehill bit. played well, but he didn't have like a top tier. Yeah, quarterback. like Arthur Smith got the best he can before he went to Atlanta, and even after that, after Arthur Smith left for Atlanta. He, um, whoever was their OC afterwards, didn't do a bad job. Yes, it helped that you created. The thing is, he created a culture. That was a big run point. game and physical defense, right? They were physical. They were physical. You team. had, but then the minute they traded away AJ Brown, I don't know how much it was his decision or not. And then you got also got rid of um, John New Smith as well. So your physical guys are all gone. Derrick Henry then left exposed by himself. Like that's the, the main thing you had. Of course, you're going to have bad years. You choked late last year to Jacksonville, right, giving yeah. away the division and ultimately missing the playoff spot. And then this year, you just n- were never good. Uh, you brought in DeAndre Hopkins, prop to you, but I don't know why it did not work out. And yeah, I, I mean, you fired... It's clear it didn't work but out, at the same right? time, like, you Hopkins is not the same player. You don't fire a guy who set a culture like that. And we're going to talk about other coaches and then the NBA. But how much is like... There's a coach thing we got to How much is about. like... They want to change the scenery and like get a. I think here's the thing. Get an g- offensive guy for someone here's like. The difference. Get an offensive guy for someone no. like Will Levis to develop him. Well, they're interviewing like defensive guys right now. I think from what I know, but no. Here's the difference. I agree with that. They should get an offensive guy, but their GM was fired a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I, I believe. Think, yeah. This is not his. G- this is not his coach. That is true. So too, that's yeah. probably Another a factor, factor yeah. in this as well. But Mike Vrabel should be the favorite on any uh, spot because oh, yeah, he, he has should. the experience. He's been in the playoffs. Uh, maybe his style might not win in the playoffs. Potential Patriots. Yeah, like we'll, we'll get to in a second. Uh, he, maybe his style might not win it all in the playoffs. I don't know, right? It depends on his staff. But, yeah, I, I think it's stupid. You can't fire a guy like Mike Vrabel right now. I don't think it's like... Okay, I, I, just, I am surprised. Um, I think just the team's been shifting, right? Like, the thing when Mike Vrabel is like... He got him from bad to good, but they're now going back down to bad. I get it. So that still, that that little timeline, I don't think is like it's falling apart. I do agree he should have had one more year and like to fully assess. But at the same time, I don't I don't see it being a super massive issue like that. They want to have a change of scenery or like a, a change of leadership. I don't think this was the year to do it. Personally, I don't think so because. Um, I would maybe change your staff a little bit on the offensive side and try to work well with Will Levis. I don't know who their current OC is. I'm not going to bother checking it. Clearly, it doesn't matter. They didn't, they didn't go anywhere with it uh, later on. But for me, it's like maybe f- see who's out there. Maybe bring back Arthur Smith. I don't think he's going to get another head, co- head coaching job. Arthur Smith, at the end of the day, was a good OC. 
He was. He was we, very good. He deserved it. That. He deserved his head coaching opportunity. Yeah, the opportunity for sure, yeah. right? But I don't think he's going to get another one now. Yeah, he's going to so have to earn his way maybe back. Maybe bring up him there. back and see what he could have done. I don't know. Again, the point is the GM was new, so that wasn't his head coach. Mike Vrabel should be the top on every head coaching vacancy. So, but in my opinion, if I were to make a prediction, as long as Bill leaves, which I think he reports are he probably might, especially with how other stuff is trending, I have some bold predictions to make. He's the first guy to be become the coach of the the New England. Hundred percent agree. He's he's in their he's on their Ring of Honor. He's in their Hall of Fame. Whatever. He's a three time Super Bowl champ, uh, on their as their linebacker, I believe. So, yeah, there's a if anywhere it's gonna be New England. I think that's where he's gonna end up. If doing if Bill stays, he might join his staff for one year. If he don't, if he knows that, if he knows the inside story of Bill's leaving, yeah, yeah, and he joins the New England staff, then I know he's the guy for the future. If not, then you know a team like Seattle, a team like um, even like Carolina, I, 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 someone I, to set a culture. You need that guy, and Carolina like is a perfect spot. If you want to set a culture, the Chargers need a culture. That too, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on to Seattle. And another another very surprise. This is a sh- more of a shocker because when I heard that Pete Carroll might be fired or let go or he'll part ways, a little surprising. I'm sure, like if he wanted to let be let go. But there's him. a there's a little caveat to this. Yeah, one. Yeah, so right. he's still an advisor with the Seahawks. He's still a part of the Seattle Seahawks. But I, I didn't listen to the press conference yet. But it sounded like he wanted, from what I saw on Twitter, he he sounded like he still wants to coach. 72 years old though. He's the oldest coach there. Yeah. He put me at, and he does not look like it. Bill looks older. Exactly, <laughs> but Pete Carroll is seventy-two years old, and he's still doing. So this. he's taking that Bruce Arians turn of like last couple, a couple years ago, where Bruce Arians has took away his head coaching duties and went into a front office role. Same thing here with Pete Carroll. So meaning that Seattle's head coaching job is open, but Pete Carroll has not left the Seattle organization. You said so you just mentioned Bruce Arians, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I that thought of instantly as well. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. One thing I got to give credit to Pete Carroll, and he said it at, in his press conference, or he said it in the past, is that the players make the league. The NFL is the players, and he gives credit to the players. Why do you think he's been a head coach for so long? Because he, he knows that. He he adjusted to the times. It's no, it's no my way, the highway type of thing, right? Yeah. So that's why a guy like Pete Carroll at 72 years old is able to do what he, he has done. Right, that's, that's why Greg Popovich and and the NBA is doing what he's doing right now, and so on and so forth, right? And uh, you have to give Pete credit because he, he he still made these teams competitive at the end of the day. Seattle was always outside of maybe one year. Yes, yeah, Seattle was always competitive, and he's Seattle. a coach that came from uh, college. I think he was a USC coach way back when. Yeah, right. So, so you know, Pete Carroll always made this. He's Seattle a legend. Teams. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If he wants to coach, he should. And again, I'm not gonna say he. I think he'll stay in Seattle. But if he really wants to coach, then again, the vacancies, he should be up there. Like for a Chargers, but I think he should that, be up That's there. not going to happen this year. Yeah. Because he has taken his advisor role for the Seahawks. Uh, so, yeah, there's, I mentioned before, seven availabilities. Before, no, we had to talk about one more news. The Bears. Yeah. Is that what you're transitioning to? Yeah, well, seven, I'm talking about like, yeah. Okay, like, no, I, I have the availabilities in a second. but Yeah, there's um, seven availabilities, but the Bears are not one of them. Okay. <laughs> My bad, I jumped the gun. But yeah, <laughs> the Bears. Yeah, surpri- um, surprisingly, not actually, and I'm not as surprised because they closed out well. Eberflus is um, Eberflus is a defensive specialist. 
defensively, the Bears picked it up a yeah. lot this year. But especially, Bears, especially it helps when you acquire Montez Sweat. But Bears fired OC Luke Getze, Quibi's coach Andrew Janoko, running backs coach Omar Young, wide receivers coach Ty Tolbert, assistant tight ends coach Tim Zetz, according to Adam Schefter. So basically, the whole offense is overhauled. They fired their whole offense. My question to you is this. Is it for Justin Fields or is it for Caleb Williams or whoever they deemed the number one QB? It didn't. It doesn't matter who it was for. They were going to do. They needed to do this anyways. So, obviously, that is the biggest question mark in the Bears offseason. Who will be their quarterback? Is Justin Fields going to be traded? We don't know. Are they going to draft a Caleb Williams or something? But no matter what, who the quarterback is, they were going to have to make these moves because at the end of the day, Justin Fields is a young quarterback, and they weren't be they weren't able to succeed with him. What's gonna tell you that they're gonna do this? What's gonna tell you that they're gonna do good with a different young quarterback in Caleb Williams or a Drake May? Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But I do want to say one, two things before uh, going back to the Bills and the Pete Carroll thing. Pete Carroll gone, right? I'm gonna just say this one now. We'll just bring it up now because another old coach is retiring, but from college, the goat Nick Saban. Nicholas Saban. I don't know if it's Nicholas or not, <laughs> but Nick Saban. Yeah, um, obviously. Came out a huge surprise. No, huge surprise. Yeah, Alabama, um, one of the coveted college football programs. Um, they already lost a five-star recruit because of Nick Saban retiring, and uh, Nick Saban made Alabama as simple as that, right? Like we've seen these great Alabama teams. We've seen these great players come out of Alabama, right? So it is definitely a huge loss. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, many. You know, he was co- obviously coached LSU to wins. He had the briefs in Miami. Dolphins didn't do well. Came back, made, changed Alabama around and made them a huge juggernaut. Many draft picks out of Alabama that have been killing it in the NFL. Kind of minus the quarterback position, I believe. <laughs> but outside of that, um, yeah. if I'm on the top of my head, I don't fully really know. But the running backs and the, the receivers and the defensive players all have been, the linemen all have been pretty much killing it. So... Good luck in retirement. He's 70-something years old himself yeah. as well. And the reason why I brought Nick Saban up now, because I know we still need to talk about the other coaching situation in a second, is because Pete Carroll, it's he, gone. he's done with coaching in the moment for now. Bill Saban's Belichick. retired. Bill Do you believe Bill walks too now? Or goes to a different team? I mean, it's been reported like that. End so. of, like, I'm thinking of end of an era things because he's in my bold predictions. It is end of an era. I think, yeah, so I think Bill will probably go to a different team or just retire himself, right? Bold prediction, Andy Reid retires. Mike Tomlin is no longer a stealer as well. <laughs> Just yeah. get everybody, all the end of the arrows, all done in one season. Because I've never seen this before. I could see. That is bold. That is definitely bold. I could see. Um, I could see Tomlin more just because if the Steelers get like shit kicked in the first round. Yeah. Right? So. Obviously, could, I'm just saying it. Old, yeah. like, I'm saying it as a joke. But. Reed, obviously, it's going to be on him. Yeah. And uh, then again, Reed is old himself. So, we don't know. Um, last thing before we go back to uh, the coaching side of things for NFL. Uh, the fa- Right now, the odds-on favorite is Dan Lanning of Oregon's head coach, who was just recently brought there as well a couple of years ago to replace, uh, I think, Cristobal was his name. But, yeah, he's supposed to be the favorite to be Alabama's next coach. So, let's see if that works out, uh, how that goes. But going back to the NFL coaching to close it off with a couple of things, how shocked are you that Dennis Allen is staying? I'm surprised. I'm definitely surprised. Um, that doesn't mean he is like. Uh, is there like there's a report saying he's safe? Yeah, I, yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, I'm surprised. Again, it could be wrong because like Bill hasn't been like, technically gone. Let go, yeah. So it could still be another it week. It could still happen. It'll probably be another week. It I could still it. happen. That yeah. is a thing. But at the moment, we like thought him and Artis Smith would be like one of the first guys gone. And uh, he's still safe. Well, for me, it was for him now. and Rivera for sure. And Rivera as well. Rivera. Yeah. So like I'm su- I'm surprised Dennis Allen still has a job. Yeah, I'm surprised. They didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. They could have had an argument if they made the playoffs. Any coaches left in the hot seat that is during the playoffs, it depends on how bad the Buffalo Bills choke. That's the, that's the best way I'm going to say Yeah, I don't really see it. It'll be see tough, it. but if they fail, if they go out of the first round, I will not be surprised because this team has failed then for many yeah, years in true. a row. That that's true. the only caveat I'm going to give out of the playoff teams. Is there any other playoff team you could think that could let go of their coach? Mike McCarthy, because it has to be in the same boat. Yeah. So right? Yeah. If we're saying yeah, the same thing for the Bills, we have to say the same thing for the Cowboys because they both, these are two teams that have favorable matchups right the bills and the cowboys yeah so if they're both losing the first round somehow yeah i can see both of them being let go but last thing uh i'm gonna list some coaches i'm not gonna say predict the team will do that more later on when when the uh, games get less with the with the eliminations. yeah that when it all season starts but like i'm just saying i pulled this up because the painter panthers have released their head coaching candidates requested so far as of um as of january 8th but names like ben johnson lions oc texans oc bobby slowick Bengals OC Bryce Callahan. Um, it's Brian Cow- Callahan. Brian Callahan, sorry. Bryce <laughs> yeah. Callahan's a player. <laughs> uh, Cowboys DC Dan Quinn. Ra- Ravens DC Mike McDonald. Uh, Dolphins OC uh, Frank Smith. Raheem Morris Rams DC. Todd Munkin, which I think will be a little tough. I think Munkin is one's, tough. That one's a little bit of a stretch. That's what well, first year. He hasn't. Even, I don't know if he coached college. Uh, maybe he has. I don't know. But and then Dave Canales OC. What do you mean Munkin coached college? Munkin did come from college. Head coach college, I mean. Okay, yeah. Because like, like, if he's not going to head coach yeah, college, yeah, yeah. then that's how we, true. Right? But other names. Ajiro Evro is a name I saw. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, uh, Antonio Pierce. Obviously, yeah. Ajiro Evro right now is rejected because I think the Jags requested to be his DC. But because it's a lateral move, they could reject it because they have an opening as well. Yeah. So there's that one. Like Ajiro Evro. There was a couple. Well, Aaron Glenn. Is another name Lions that pops up, Mike Kafka. There, there so I think that the Titans requested Mike Kafka. If I'm there not are a lot of, lot of, lot of openings. There are a lot, a lot of candidates. So to your point about Will Levis, Mike Kafka is the one of the guys that yeah, I ja- think they requested. Under Brian Dable is in the Giants OC, so it could be a good piece there just because of the Giants' success from the previous year. Obviously, not so much this year as well. All right, but let's yeah. move on. Uh, that's it for the NFL for now. We got coaching in the NFL. Now we got coaching in the NBA. So this is I'm, I'm gonna announce this news and I'm gonna have a question for you in general. So the Miami Heat have officially extended Eric Spolstra to eight years and 120 million dollar extension, making him the second highest paid player behind Greg Popovich. Coach, second. sorry, coach, second highest paid. Eric coach. Spolstra has set a Heat culture. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, deserves every single bit of that contract. He is one of the top coaches in the league and uh, I am not surprised by this move of the Heat wanting to extend Spolstra. Okay, no, sorry. Something on the TV popped up that caught my eye. But, um, my question to you is this. Like, no, no debates or anything about this. My question to you when we're talking about the coaches about Mike Vrabel being fired setting that culture, why fire him, right? Uh, Pete Carroll's a little bit different story. He's also older so maybe he had a choice. I don't know. The one thing I saw Pee Wee the plug from formerly through the wire now uh, numbers on the board the new podcast said that like this is why you don't get rid of coaches very easily 
LeBron won at Spolstra gone. I don't know if you knew that. I knew that. Guess and what? Uh, Imagine if they LeBron's did. a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> right? And uh, look, at, look at the Heat now. Consistently been the same culture. They know exactly what they need. It helps that you have Pat Riley with him as well. But they have that foundation. They know what they're doing. I know. What? Yeah. I know it is a player's league. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as a GM, you got to make the decision best for organization because player happy or not, the coach is what yeah. get the best out of the like players. Like you can't, just because the coach had one bad year, and I, I know I'm saying this as with Darvin Ham, I'm not saying he should be fired, but I am concerned about that because his style of play is also different. There's no culture. If there's a team that has a culture, which Nick Nurse slightly had with you guys, I'm not saying he deserved, didn't deserve to be fired, but I wouldn't have mind keeping him and maybe fix the players around. The same thing with Man United, right? True, the whole, that's true. The whole Eric Ten Hag thing. We, I just mentioned Mike Vrabel, right? Like, it's different with Arthur Smith because I don't know. There wasn't really, you didn't see any improvements. It was 7 and 10, all three yeah, years. So there was Arthur not any Smith. improvement. So that one, completely understandable. Mike Vrabel got you at a good spot. Eric Spolstra had you at a good spot. Imagine if Mike, Eric Spolstra was, even after the LeBron thing, let's just say Eric Spolstra got let go near the end of Wade's tenure. Like, right after the Wade's tenure, because they were, like, a mad team. They weren't going to win it all. Even right now, they, they're they not considered the, fav- the favorites. But, no, the difference between the Heat and now, like, they're making the playoffs now with the Wade's tenure ending. They weren't making the playoffs. Yeah. But at the end of the day, because they could have easily let him go, because we're saying Sean McDermott, right? I, the same set thing. Culture. Set a culture. He has set a culture. Should Sean McDermott that's be why fired, I, in my opinion? I don't think he should, but I'm saying from a realistic standpoint. That's why when you when you brought it up, I disagreed with you a little yeah, bit there. Like, I'm saying that, though, because we've seen it as a player's league, and it's a results league, not just a player's league. It's also a results league. Some you got to give Pat Riley credit because you're like, okay, it can't be the coach always, right? Now, the Canucks figured it out on their own. They got rid of Travis Green. After a while, it kind of had to make sense. They had Bruce Boudreaux. Got rid of him in a year. They got Talkett. I would have been annoyed if Talkett would have gone fired. If Let's just say the Canucks did not have this type of season going on. They were like, they were in the stage of where Edmonton is right now. Like, this season's Edmonton. Yeah. Then I would be like, okay, they're way better. You see differences. Just give it time, right? Exactly. So you can't, like, just, like, the coaching culture, uh, creating a culture with a coach, you have to keep it consistent. Because if you keep co- changing coaches after f- every four years, and we've seen it in many leagues and many teams do this, that's why those teams struggle for the longest time. Doesn't work. It never works. Unless that, co- unless you see like a full-on fallout, like you had an argument with them, there's a whole different thing. Even then, like, it's, it's, that's a different story. But between players and coaches, you have to find players that fit that coach's mindset. You can't force a coach to fix the player. Right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm upset the Lakers got rid of Frank Vogel. The coaches bring the best out of the players, right? Yeah. And when you have a coach, when they set a culture of what they want, what they expect from the players, and the players buy in, those are their teams that win it all. Those exactly. are their teams are the best teams in the NBA. And uh, right now, the Sixers are buying in the ner- Nick Nurse thing. Right now, um, uh, the Thunder are buying in the Mark Dino Dine- thing, right? Dagno. Dagno. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... It's been going like that. The Timberwolves are buying into Finch's philosophy, right? They've been these teams have been the best teams. Kings are buying into Mike Brown's um, offense, right, and his overall coaching ability. Yeah, these like, teams have been the good teams right now. Same thing with Steve Kerr, but people are gonna say, "Oh, because you had a stack team, blah blah blah." And I, I'm not saying you fire Steve Kerr either. You gotta figure out. I, I think you gotta figure out by getting players for Steve Kerr that could help him and not beat like that one big man short, etc. Warriors fans could talk about that below. He could, there's obviously, there. yes, I agree there's a time where you have to move on. 
Paul, but I believe like Paul Maurice stepped down mm. as a Winnipeg Bro, Jets coach. Prime example right here. Suns firing Monty Williams. Yeah. Why? Look where you are right now. You're still shit compared to where you're supposed to be. Yeah, because so, at least with these injuries, Monty has uh, had a thing going yeah, on, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I disagree with the Monty firing. Yeah, now, in hindsight, look at Monty with the Pistons. But it's a Pistons. Yeah. Com- um, I disagree. Like, same thing with the Lakers. Like I said, I don't think they should have gotten rid of Frank Vogel just because, oh, they had like two off years. And is it his fault you brought in Russell Westbrook, really? And no, you couldn't figure because it out? LeBron was the coach. Yeah, no, even Genie's like, yeah. he, couldn't, he was let go because he couldn't figure out the Russell Westbrook thing. But, like, that's not fair. I don't Frank think he wanted him. <laughs> right? Like, Frank is now in the Suns. I think Frank will be fine long once they figure it out. Look, oh, prime example, T. Lou. Yeah. I know he, I don't know why he was fired from Cavs in the first place. But after winning the championships. But, look, imagine, like, let's say the Clippers fail this year. I will be mad for them if they fire T. Lou still. Because he's found ways to make the playoffs and he's done amazing job. Especially Look what he did this year so far with the Clippers. Especially with the Clippers injuries as well. Exactly. But speaking of the Clippers, let's transition, perfect transition point here. They've extended one of their superstar players. Well, I guess he is the only superstar that's worth Kawhi the Kawhi Leonard. Which is funny because it came against the game against the Raptors. <laughs> Every time I see Kawhi Leonard extended, I'm like... Why? It's <laughs> not going to happen. You have no chance. Yeah, no. we have no chance. Kawhi no. Leonard and the Clippers agreed to a three-year, $152 million contract extension. I believe there's no opt-outs at this point. Uh, and a 32-year-old star will make $52 million next season and $50 million approximately in each of the next two campaigns, according to Adrian Wojnarowski and then also Shams with the initial reporting of three years, $152.4 million. They're not going to be done there yet. They're still trying to extend Paul George. So those Indiana Pacer fans that want him back home may not happen. So be beware of that. Um, but yeah, no, the Clippers yeah. are still buying in with their uh, with this Paul foundation. Paul George that does they, have a play, uh, play yeah. option next year. The the Clippers are buying into this foundation they built in. Uh, obviously, by signing um, Kawhi Leonard and trading for Paul George, um, they built around this roster very well. They've been pretty healthy this year, performing well. Just got a win over the Raptors right now, and uh, their star players are playing together. Uh, James Harden the and T. Lou is buying them in. The question mark is how much money wants James, will James Harden want next year? Assuming they extend Paul George, then James Harden's also he can't extend. Like the, he has not he's not eligible to extend, so he has to wait till UFAs. But the one thing that annoys me though is with all these stars extending. I know LeBron I think is also a free agent next year, but out like. LeBron did extend technically early on with his Lakers tenure after the championship. A lot of these stars are now becoming free agents, like that tw- that cl- that free agent class of uh, 2019 was. Yeah, that 2019 class was. Because like insane. right now, Jimmy Butler, I believe, is extended. KD has extended with the Nets before he got traded. Obviously, Bradley Beal, um, Devin Booker. But there were a lot of, a lot of. They're doing, they're taking the NHL approach of extending players now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than hitting the that, open the, market. No, there were so many good players there. It was like we can't even list them for you guys. Like, that's how many good players there yeah, were. Yeah, there was like at least like 10 you could think yeah. of. But yeah, no, that's the unfortunate thing about this because the offseason drama, but the trades are still good enough to be made. Um, but moving on, we got a little bit of a story we need to talk about. We got to talk about officiating as a whole, but we'll talk about the NBA and the NHL stories recently. And at NBA, starting off with the ending of the Pacers versus Celtics game, the game where Halliburton did get hurt. But what ended up happening was Jalen Brown got uh, got a foul call. Like, sorry, he got fouled. I think Buddy Heal ta- hit him on the head or something. Mm-hmm. They reviewed it and overturned it, saying it's not a foul. 
And apparently afterwards, um, Missoula said he did say I did follow him. So it's kind of strange. So there's a drama there. And Mr. Raptor fan, even though you didn't miss the ending of this game, but you did go back and watch a little bit of this. The ending of the Lakers-Raptors game was a shit show to the point where Darko Ryakovich, head coach of the Raptors, went off went off in one of the best rants because it was like polite. It was the most respectful. More, not polite. Pissed off. Respectful rant you could think of. Most respectful rant you could think of. So for that reason, he should not be fined. <laughs> but yeah, um, officiating. Biggest issue is inconsistencies, right? Because we've seen... Th- it was a missed call on Jalen Brown. He clearly got hit in the head. Uh, there's they called it, but overturned. You <laughs> you cannot you cannot mess that one up, yeah. right? Like when the screen is right in front of you and you overturn it, like why? What's the point of that? Like I don't get that. Yeah. Raptors Lakers, obviously the in, it was a little bit inflated, so I'm not gonna say the actual number, but it was the actual number was like 23 to two yeah. in free throws. But let's say the actual number is around like it was. I think 10 of those free throws were like 13 intentional fouls. 13 to like 15 free throws. Yeah. To two. Still a wide margin of um, still a big gap between the two teams in a, a singular quarter. The issue is this. When I watched that game, Emmanuel quickly got a flagrant for obviously the Euro step elbowing. Um, uh, who the elbow? Cam Van- Reddish. Cam Reddish. Fair, you called that, whatever. We've seen that call before. Siakam got his legs taken out in the first, cur- first quarter by Torian Prince. That wasn't a flagrant. Point number two, Scotty. Should have had an and one dunk in the end of the fourth quarter, which could have potentially, you know, made it into a one possession game without extra fouling, right? Like that point was crucial. They needed that whistle. He he drove, dunked the ball, got hit four different times, driving to the hoop. LeBron got the same call when he just did a n- normal play like LeBron does, goes into Scotty, hits hits his layup. He gets an and one call, and that was a soft call right there. So. Another one more. There's one more. Barnes over 80. Good finish by Barnes. Good defense by 80. Right? There was a little bit of contact. I would contact. I want to call it, personally. Issue is, Austin Reeves. He's not even LeBron James or Anthony Davis. He gets the same call. Legit, the whistle was blown 20 seconds after he misses the shot. You forgot the big one. The offensive. Uh, oh, yeah. You'd bring that one up. I like okay, that <laughs> one, I, I saw King of the Fourth Quarter. Kenny Beecham talk about it. He did say it seems like a foul, but the problem is you don't see them called often at that moment of the game. That's the problem. Like it, it is a moving screen. You have you have to admit that. Yeah, part. I'm not okay. I'm, I'm not, not saying you. I'm not saying like that in general. Okay, the issue in this game was the calls were fouls, but the Raptors got hit the same amount of time as the Lakers yeah. did and did not get the call. So the point is like even to your point with the free throw disparity because we've seen warrior fans or the, those type of uh, the fans in general complain about this before not just for the Lakers but in general because as a Lakers fan I do admit it was like pretty bad refing. Now it could be Ben Taylor taking his anger out of Fred Van Vliet from last year making those comments but against the Raptors so it's the same thing. Um my point is, like, as a Laker fan, we've seen the same, like, the Scotty missed and won. LeBron, as a fan who's watching the Lakers, has been not getting those calls all year. So it's kind of weird sitting on this side. And every every fan is going to be pissed about their team getting missed calls all the time. Like, it's not as it's normal. We've seen, like, Berwadis from the Ra- uh, Suns, as a Suns fan, say all that. The problem is, um, with the free throw disparity, it also depends on the type of free throws they're given right like not uh, like what i mean is are you a jump shooting team 
if you are, then you ain't gonna get the f- call, right? Because like, how often do you foul a jump shooter, right? Which was the case in that Warrior series, in my opinion. This case, I, I agree with you. Scotty got fouled a few times when he went for dunks. Uh, we've seen other ones that the Lakers got called and the Raptors did not go call. I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with anything you said there. The issue is the inconsistencies in every sport possible. Then the issue after that is when you do a review and you can't come to a conclusion and then you, you still you, get it you wrong. Just 50, and then you 50-50 it. You, you, right? you have the screen in front of you and you still get the it wrong. The inconsistency for me is always a late whistle. That's the one that pisses me off even if I'm the fan of the team because they're waiting to see if the ball went in. That is true. 100%. A lot of the time, in my opinion. Yeah. This, this isn't some VAR offside rule where it let the play go on and score, even if it was a clear offside. This is like, you took a shot, he was fouled, okay, you waited till it hit the rim once, okay, then I'll just call it, and then maybe the ball goes in and one. If not, okay. But legit, let that Reeves call, Raptors got the ball, and we're about to fast break, and you blew the whistle. There was one, like, I, I, again, I'm not disagreeing with any Raptor fan to, that they're mad about this. I agree with Darko in a sense. Like, again, you're watching Raptors game more now because, A, they're actually fun to watch. But, B, yeah. you have the time. And then, C, um, you've always complained about Raptors refing in the past in general before we even ever started the podcast, right? Um, to the point where, a quick little story, Jovan would throw pillows <laughs> during That's the playoff. Championship there. run, yeah. But, no, I was, I was, it's just, it, even in any sport, and we'll get to the NHL now, and Connor McDavid said it perfectly because... When it comes to the reviews, especially, they're reviewing an offside play uh, uh, yesterday about the, um, I think it was dry saddle was offside or something. It took 20 minutes. And it took 20 minutes. It took the same amount of time as a period would. Like an in-game period game would, right? It makes no sense. Like if you don't know, it can't take, if it takes you that long, then you, you're definitely guessing at that point. Yeah, and that and that's the point. And offsides are straightforward. Usually. The longer it takes, mean, the more you're gonna guess. The more you're gonna guess one, but number two, the more it just shows that there's n- there's always this rule involved in every sports. If yeah. if it's not conclusive evidence to overturn the call, you shouldn't overturn the now, call. To, co- the longer it takes, you don't have the conclusive evidence. NHL NBA is different in a way. NBA the refs make the decision. NHL Connor did say when he talked to the linesman, and for it was out of their hands when it go when a coach challenged it, it goes to Toronto, right? So, excuse me. That goes to Toronto, eh? <laughs> that's, but that's where the headquarters yeah. are, right? So, that's where, um, that's th- there's a slight difference there. Same thing with the NFL and all that. So, we, we don't, we're not going to ramble on it too much. We know officiating is hard, but we all everybody asks for, I'm pretty sure everybody asks for it, is, is for consi- same amount just of Just call it for both teams the same way. It's not just right. both, everybody across the league. It can't be like one game you call that and yeah. the next game you don't. I know you're different officials, but you're all under one league. This isn't like you're refing a FIBA game one day and you're going into the like NBA. It doesn't the matter. Other. Like, okay, there's like, um, there's MLB, for example. Some people have a wider strike zone umpires have than other ones. The issue is the player should not be adjusting game after game for how the referee is going to ref. Yeah. Right? The 100%. The players should be playing the game to adjust to the other team. If the players are following the rules to how they have to follow it, the referee should be doing the same thing. Exactly. Right? So we'll hold it there. Um, let's get to the NHL very quickly. The All-Star vote uh, should be... The all the remaining All-Star should be announced. Uh, let's just say when, by the time this comes out. Uh, let me pull up the, what the leading voters are because the NHL... This is purely on votes to get the remaining... Um, to get the remaining All-Stars. And yeah. like we said before, you could check out the last, ap- last episode. We think it's very stupid that every team gets a representative. Um, but let me just pull but it just, up. It is how it is. But there's some good news for Canucks fans. Yeah, That is, that is for sure. So voting-wise, 
also, if you're mad that your players are not getting voted, blame your fan base. <laughs> blame <laughs> yourself. You're not voting yourself, probably. Yeah. So, the top eight vote leaders for goalies are... So, the four only get in for goalies. Yeah. It's Thatcher Demko leading it, and he's leading it by almost kind of not doubled, but like it's 440 to hey 780. Man, the boy Demko's in. Sergei Bobrovsky second. Jeremy Swayman's third. And Alexander Gorgiev is fourth. So those I mean, four are looks... Like, it's close between him and Olmark. If so you're looking, yeah. Boston could get two goalies in, by the way. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. They have the best tandem. Then it's probably the Canucks. But... Right now, those are the four goalies. Bro, my boy in. Casey DeSmith got robbed. Aiden Hill is robbed. Oh, uh, yeah, that is true. Aiden Hill's been performing well right, this Mark year. Right, Marc-Andre Fleury's on this. This could be partially, purely biased as well. But Aiden Hill is robbed because people, some people think he is a Vezina favorite this year. Yeah, he's been performing uh, really well. On the other side... The players, the skaters. um, The top eight skaters. Nylander is leading the way here. Yeah, but I don't know why the score... Or the they deleted the tweet. You got rid of it? No, like it's on the score. They got rid of the tweet, I think. Well, we okay, gotta. I gotta search it up. But I know Neil. Okay, let's just talk about the Canucks. All right, Nylander's in there, obviously. But then you have McCarr is also in there. The Canucks players are in there: J.T. Miller, uh, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson. Meaning, at the moment, if the vote stands how it is, Canucks have five All Stars, including Quinn Hughes. Being uh, okay, I got it. the early representative. So right now, it is, I think, eight people get in, right? Yeah, top eight. So, William Nylander, Kale McCarr, Leon Dreisaitl, Elias Pettersson, Mitch Marner, JT Miller, Brock Besser, and Artemi, Artemi Panarin. Panarin. All will get in. So this is where I have the issue now. First of all, some of these guys should be locks from the beginning. Yeah. Right? You're telling me a guy like Miko Rantanen is going to be missing. Yes. A guy like Evan Bouchard... He's been performing well. Not ever Bouchard, sorry. Even though Bouchard's been performing well. Yeah, he's been performing. Uh, I was thinking of the other. Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson, yeah. Noah Dobson. It's probably missing. You're telling me that Artemi Panarin is almost missing. Yeah, Artemi Panarin should not be missing this at all. He should not be missing. Mika Zabinajad here in a way for how good that team is. So, like, Miko Rantanen will probably miss. That is crazy. Like, we know that from the votings, a lock. We knew the locks are Nylander. Not Nylander. Kale McCarr and Drysaddle were going to be locks no matter what. Nylander as well. Uh, yeah, yeah like this year, yeah. Nylander as well. But I'm just saying, usually, ca- year-by-year case, Dreisaitl and Makar are always going to be locks as a secondary piece. Yeah, for or sure. Or McKinnon and Makar if they swap, right? So, like you're That's me, crazy. Like, it's automatically voted that McDavid will be an all-star, and there's a chance Dreisaitl will miss. There's a chance. There's always a chance, yeah. That Dreisaitl will miss out. Um, but, like I said, Connor Bedard's injury is one of them. I think Jack Hughes is also injured. So because of that, some of these guys will get voted in. Now, I don't know if it has to be from their team. So I don't know if Jason Dickinson gets in. Or in this case, a guy like Zach Hyman will get in. Yeah. But catch our, uh, catch our last pod where we explain our thoughts of why we hate yeah, the All-Star format. It's, it's dumb. We're not going to get into it again. Yeah. But this one, we're just sharing your guys' the fan votes. And um, uh, yeah, Canucks fans, you should be very happy right now. We're a and strong good fan job. base. Good job voting. But okay. let's move on to our... Well, the rest of it is going to be a little quick. Yeah, very next quickly, topic. But we've, some news came out right now uh, from the UFC. UFC 300 will get its fir- has its first title fight. And it's Zhang Wei Li will defend her uh, strawweight title versus Yan Xiaonan. I butchered the hell out of the name. I apologize to you. But yeah, so that's that's the rematch. Oh, sorry, not the rematch. That's the first title fight of UFC 300. Yeah, we better get more. That's all, that's all I care about. But yeah, um, that'll, that'll be a good. Way. Obviously, Zhang Wei Li is 
probably entertaining. Win. Entertaining as hell. Yeah. But yeah, uh, is that only UFC news right there? That's only one. Uh, MLB news. Cubs agreed to a four-year, $53 million deal with Shota Imanaga, Imanaga, um, player from Japan League. Uh, another Japanese player is signing. Uh, this, I think, is the third one now. Or second one. Well, third one, if you're counting Otani. Yeah. But, like, second player from uh, coming from the Japan no League. No name. I yeah. Um, yeah, uh, they got themselves a pitcher. Uh, this, in my opinion... Is making it more likely that Marcus Stroman will not return to the Cubs, so making him a free agent available to other teams. Um, the Cubs already have Justin Steele, so they're adding to their rotation with Naga. Um, obviously, WBC comes to mind. How these, how j- they performed in the WBC Japan won it all. So obviously Yamamoto was a big name there. This is another one, and uh, obviously Atani as well. So. It's a big deal. Uh, there's definitely a lot of Japan fans going to be tuning into the MLB now. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Um, nothing else? Nothing else. Okay. Uh, soccer side of things, just a couple of news. Uh, Jaden Zancho is officially on loan to back to Dortmund. Uh, um, but it's no buy option. So there's that. Uh, first leg of the first semifinal of the Carabao Cup, uh, Liverpool ended up winning 2-1 over Fulham. The second one is between Chelsea and... Oh, no. Did that, that one already happened. I think that one already happened, yeah. Okay, so I think the final should be set then. No, no. Oh, no. It's, it's two legs, right? Yeah, it's two legs. So, okay. So, Liverpool is up 2-1. Liverpool is up 2-1. And Chelsea is down one nothing to Middlesbrough. Jeez. So, that's crazy. Um, so, that's that news. The other news ca- coming out, and this is related to Canada soccer. Uh, we actually talked about this with Peter Galindo back when we had him on last, of his prediction about Alfonso Davies, it is that Real Madrid mall summer bid over Byron Davies, assuming he does not sign an extension. So, Madrid has interest in Davies. They're monitoring it. Um, Davies has interest in Madrid, just because he said himself that, like, who would not w- want to play for Madrid? Yeah. Right? Obviously, Real Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And uh, for Davies, obviously, this would be a hell of a lot more exposure, especially going to Real Madrid. Yeah. So, nothing. there's nothing much else that is out. I'll quickly just double-check it for Brie because uh, technically it, it is morning in Europe, but I doubt Fabrizio Romano goes to sleep. <laughs> Anyways. Know, probably doesn't, right? Just always on the phone, always messaging, always calling. I think I remember seeing Always reporting. Like, well, hey, I should... Oh, he has an email. I should email him. <laughs> Does come on the pod? Fabrizio Romano on the pod, please. Uh, yeah, no, I think the only ones... Like the big ones is that one. Yeah, January is much more dead compared to obviously September and August. Uh, obvious reason is because it's hard to like switch teams in the middle of the year. But whereas August and September, you start you from the beginning. You see it more near the end of the month as well, though. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Leonardo Bernucci is a in Istanbul new Fenerbahce signing. Oh wow! I don't even know where he went after Juventus. It was somewhere else. But yeah, yeah. So. Uh, outside of that, that's pretty much it from us. Um, obviously, a lot of NFL talk, a lot of good conversations with the NBA. Stay well. S- stay tuned for the next two days. You'll be getting two uploads. Obviously, one is a guest video. One is another. As we talk about the refing thing, that's what popped yeah, up yeah. on the screen. One is a guest video on Saturday. Another one on Friday is a special NFL video for sleeper teams that could win. And uh, yeah, so other than that, uh, make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, make sure you guys download the podcast on audio platforms and rate and review it 
follow all our socials linked down below. And other than that, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.